If you're just passive in health with your kids, your kids will end up with autoimmunity, asthma, allergies, uh, hormonal imbalances, infertility. Get out your calendars. We have something very exciting coming to the listeners and the community of the Real Health Podcast. Make sure to join us February 19th on a Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the first annual Real Health Expo. Bring your family, bring your kids, and enjoy a two-hour jam-packed event full of healthy living and local shopping. We can't wait to see you there at the first annual Real Health Expo. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Barrett. I'm a board-certified chiropractic physician with a passion and emphasis in functional nutrition. We can't wait to add value to your health as well as the health of your family. Thanks for listening in to the Real Health Podcast. Hey, before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor. If you like this episode and you like hearing from Dr. B, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram. We're really trying to get this health movement out. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. I'm going to leave that on there because that's going to lead into our uh, get to know Dr. Barrett segment right there. So, Dr. Barrett, uh, welcome to episode eight. <laughs> we're, no, we're recording. We're going with that okay, one. Okay, all right, that's nice. Yeah, I wasn't in the bathroom on that. What, what, yeah, welcome. Yeah, well, welcome to episode eight. You're listening to the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. This is your host, Lane Taylor. Uh, that was Dr. Barrett pouring some amazing pour over coffee. So, let's just lead right into get to know Dr. B. What are we drinking here? Yeah, so I get that question a lot. What coffee do I drink? And this one is Keon. This is uh, Ben Greenfield's coffee. Um, actually, interesting. His father was a um, a coffee bean harvester, grower, roaster. So he uh, he ended up coming out with a mold-free, toxin-free coffee called Keon. So super clean, low acid, uh, easy on the gut. And uh, and one of the big issues with coffee is mold mm-hmm. um, when it's when it's plucked as a as, a, as the fruit and then, it's a fruit i learned that last week oh really yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know that but yep yep uh it is that's right it's a fruit uh berry and then um, by the time it actually ships to the roaster it's full of mold mm-hmm. and so anyway um they have these screenings for mold and, and coffee so this is mold free uh so i switched between keon and life boost those are my two favorite uh, mold-free, toxin-free coffees, and then I do. I prefer them in a um, pour-over system. So my wife for Christmas got me the Fellow pour-over system. It has like this double glass-walled carafe and uh, tasting um, uh, glass, and and so mm. it's just perfect. I love the experience of coffee. Uh, I had some mate this morning, which you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Double double caffeinated over here. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Double fisted your caffeine, um, and and so that's yeah, that's what we're drinking, man. Drinking some Keon pour over coffee. I'll put those in the show notes because I, both of those, the item that we're drinking out of, and then also the actual coffee, put Perfect. those in the show notes. And I think honestly, we probably should do an episode on coffee. It's such a highly consumable product that people use, and there's a, there can be a lot of toxins on them. Yeah, they can. Uh, a lot of people that experience, especially brain fog after they drink, 
Um, I'd be concerned that it's probably not the coffee as much as the mold in the coffee and the toxins in the coffee. So um, it is important to understand that coffee can be one of the most beneficial, actually, um, beverages to drink, but it can be one of the most toxic beverages to drink. But remember, if you listen to the water fasting episodes, it, it's negative water, so you still have to consume water. That's right. If you've listened, listened to the podcast all That's the way That's exactly through. right. Yeah, we just, uh, what did we just launch that? 14-day fast guide. I'm yeah. starting my fast on Sunday, so starting that uh, water fast. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll eliminate pretty, uh, all caffeine. Uh, I'll do some herbal teas, but water fast starts for me on Sunday. Yeah, if you have not listened to part one and part two of water fasting, make sure you do. And Dr. Bear provided his free 14-day guide. You can check it out on Facebook. If you haven't been following us on Facebook, please make sure you go like the page. You can also, on Instagram, it's in the bio link. And then also, I actually foresee in 2022, we will put together an email list to where you will you can receive emails of when we come out with next episodes and maybe products that Dr. Bear talks about. So look for that in 2022. And we are in 2022. We hope that you like the special edition episode on Monday, January 3rd of turning your health, turning your New Year's resolutions into health plans. That was an amazing episode. So if you have not, go make sure you check that one out. Today, we are going to actually talk about raising healthy children in 2022. And this is such a huge topic. But real quick, before we get in there, you know, we've really appreciated all the feedback, all the comments. I just want to give a shout out to Pat Reed. She has been She's been amazing. She's liked all of our stuff on Instagram and Facebook. She's been so helpful. And she literally, she messaged us and she said, you know, she's enjoyed every single one of them and she's learned from them all. And so she just says, thanks so much for doing these. So thanks for that shout out, uh, Pat. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, Pat's a pretty incredible story. She is um, a patient of mine that started a few couple months ago and uh, she had some issues with their eyes. She's in her 60s and, um, you know, there were, undi- it's really an un- undiagnosed eye disorder um, where her eyes were super dry. And so she started under care with me. We did an autoimmune workup. We found out it was autoimmunity. Um, we've been able to create some health strategies. And <clears throat> she went to her Nashville doc, uh, eye specialist, uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said, it's the best her eyes have looked They've been tearing. Um, she can't. She can't even remember. You know, the last time she had uh, tears in her eyes, and uh, now she wakes up with them. Uh, her eyes are wet, and so just incredible changes that are happening. From uh, really started with chiropractic adjustments. We already started seeing improvements with just specific upper neck alignment, and then added in the nutrition piece. And now where she's going through our five phased. Uh, six-month detoxification program. So I'm super proud of her. She's jumping all in. She's listening to the podcast. She's referring people. It's cool. So shout out to Pat for sure. That's amazing. If 2022, if you have a desire to really just look at your health, thanks for listening to the podcast, first of all, plugging into the systems. Of course, if you want to reach out to Dr. Bear and become a patient, that is on the table as well. Make sure you can do that at the Health Factory in Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's jump it in. Let's jump into today's episode. Raising healthy kids in 2022. I know a majority of our listeners, they have young kids. Um, I myself has a have a four-month-old. He's upstairs right now, maybe taking a little nap with mom. So this is an episode that I'm going to be taking notes, listening up on, but we're going to talk about five strategies to raise healthy kids in 2022. So where do you want to start? What's 
You want to start with the most important, or are these all important in general? Oh, they are all important, um, and they all build upon each other. I think it is important to communicate before we get into the strategies. Communicate just this simple, um, I guess, concept of health and disease in kids. That you can't be passive in your health in healthy choices with children, um, because the world will provide you with disease. If you're just passive in health with your kids, your kids will end up with autoimmunity, asthma, allergies, uh, hormonal imbalances, infertility. And these rates are skyrocketing. Type 2 diabetes, chronic disease processes, cancer is earlier than ever before. Our life expectancy is decreasing. So it's important to remember that we have to be aggressive and active in our, uh, in our choices for our children. We lead them. They don't lead us. So it's very important to also remember that uh, what they want is not necessarily what's best for them. There's a scripture that says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so it's true also, not just spiritually, but physically. Your kids, will, if you just kind of let them go into the world, they're going to get sugar, they're going to get um, snacks, they're going to get goldfish, they're going to get, you know, it, whether it's at school, church, and birthday parties. And inevitably, we're like, oh, it's just birthday, or it's just a lollipop at church, or it's just Halloween candy. But what it's doing is it's creating a pattern of healthy choices that they're making um, that inevitably will impact them in years to come. So everything builds upon another. And we have to lead our children aggressively in this society today because of if we look at our disease rates, they're just ever climbing. So today is really just saying, hey, let's let's be aggressive in re reversing the trend of chronic disease in children. And if we implement just some simple strategies in 2022, we can really see some health uh, healthy outcomes in our children. Yeah, that's so so well said. Um, I'm excited to to hear these top five strategies. So let's let's jump into it. What uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, let's go with sleep. So let's talk let's talk sleep first. Um, so sleep is one of those that I think just a, a simple bullet point would be. If you're trying to improve um, the outcome of health in your children, it's all about recovery, helping your children recover from daily stress. Um, right? Research shows that we're stressed more than ever before. We're on video games and electronics, then we're stuck in a chair in our classroom for hours upon uh, uh, upon hours. And so, sleep is a, a, a way of recovering the body. So, one of, if I were to give you a simple strategy, it would be. Um, have them go to sleep and wake up at the same time. And we want to try to get, depending upon their age, 10 to 12 hours of good quality sleep. What's Okay, 10 to 12 hours. What is the cutoff for that age-wise? Age I mean, what, just the parameters, I guess. Because if someone has a 3-year-old and someone has a 12-year-old, what's the parameters of those 12, 10 to 12 hours? Yeah, I like to think of it from like really a grade level. So that early school, elementary school, we're not talking about infants, we're talking about school-aged children. So anywhere between that kind of K through five, we really want to be closer to that, you know, 
11, 12 hour mark, you know? So um, it's crazy to think, yeah, they need, you know, 10, 12 hours of sleep, but they do. Um, Putting a bed at seven, 7.30 isn't necessarily, you know, the, the popular thing. But it's really good for that kindergarten, first, second grader. It, it is. It helps set their circadian rhythm. It helps set the recovery. It, and it really helps their brains heal from, from the day. And, uh, and then we, you know, fourth, fifth grade, um, then we're starting to get closer to that 10-hour mark. I want to ask this question because I can imagine that there could be some people on here that that time frame has not been something they've followed 9, 10, 11 o'clock, maybe they've played video games. How do you reverse engineer that? How can we help parents go back to that? And, you know, instead of going from 11, hey, we're going to bed at 7.30. No, let's work our way to something that's doable. What's a plan of action you can help parents do that? Well, remember that kids will always embrace what they see. Mm. Oh, So a lot of times it starts with us. What are we doing? What are we doing at night? Are we shutting electronics down and reading? Are we dimming the lights? Are we calming? Are we creating a calm environment at at seven seven thirty eight? Or are we, you know, blaring uh, the TV and uh, watching whatever shows? And so that's the. I think it starts with us, and then um, it, we just set a, a time. Hey, um, at eight o'clock, and let's just say they've been going to bed at at, at nine. So eight o'clock, we start shutting things down. We get ready for bed in bed by eight thirty, and I can't go to sleep, Mom. I can't go to sleep, Dad. We hear that. We hear that even at our home. That's okay, Malachi. Well, I want you to just go ahead and rest uh, and maybe just read a little bit before bed. You know, So we just give him, uh, give him his Bible or give him uh, one of his books that he's reading, um, and we just have him read for 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I think it's important to create healthy routines, but even if you just have been you know, extending that, time of when they go to sleep, just start reducing that bit, maybe 15, 30 minutes. Um, and just set a time where they go into their room without electronics, without without uh, stimulus, and they just start shutting down their brains. And sooner or later, the, their bodies will just come to rest. But if it's stimulated, remember, electronics, lights, that stimulates the brain to think, hey, it's daytime. We're rocking and we're rolling. Um, there's a research article that uh, showed when a uh, ch- child plays a video game, cortisol, cortisol levels increase um, for up to 90 minutes after. Gosh. So, so let's just say they're gaming at 8 o'clock. Well, when cortisol is high, melatonin is low. So the only way for them to go to sleep is if we get melatonin increase. Well, melatonin is supposed to increase when the red of the sun starts to set and we start getting that red amber look to the sun and when that sun sets our melatonin levels increase and our cortisol levels drop but at that time if we're stimulating their brains through electronics then they're not going to be ready for bed so there there is an important sleep routine and setting them up for success by eliminating electronics early and i i usually say one to two hours before bed we need to eliminate electronics okay um, whether that's TV or video games. And that's what you do with your family. Uh, we do. Okay. And then at that point, that settles their mind down, settles their brain down. And then maybe it's, hey, let's take a shower, right? Let's create a sleep routine. Let's, let's take a shower, go to brush, floss, perfect. Put them in bed. Let's read. 
Okay, and then mom, dad come in there at a set time. We, we pray with them and then they go to sleep. So that's what we do. So having that set schedule is very important at developing their brains and helping them make the right hormones at the right time to shut them down. You're setting them up for success. You, you have to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's truly setting them up for success. Anything else with sleep? Uh, no, just <clears throat> create the routine, the sleep routine, um, and, and make it even on the weekends. Ooh, okay? that's a good point. Let's talk about the weekends. Yeah, that's where it gets a little bit rough. Is like, hey, well, you know, there's a there's a late game. So what we do is we record the game and we'll watch it the next day. It's, it's not as good live. Though. I know, man. I know. It's not as good as seeing Tennessee win when it it's not live. Sorry, <laughs> that's, right, that's exactly. Right. I'm not gonna say anything about Florida because it's just not something to talk about right now. So yeah, even you know, it, now we don't do that all the time. So I'm not trying to paint this perfect picture. Uh, that we you know live this lifestyle 100% uh, of the year, there are moments and times where we enjoy you know time together as a family later, um, or we'll watch a ball game, or we'll watch the college football playoff till halftime at you know 10 o'clock or whatever. But <laughs> all right, so let's go to number two: um, supplements. Top three supplements for that parents can implement for kids. Okay, so I would say the first one would be a probiotic, a healthy, clean probiotic, um, and don't get it from don't get it from like a cheap, you know, Walmart store. Okay, okay? get a good quality, high dosage, you know, refrigerated based probiotic. You can get a spore based, but um, I would recommend the, the company called Claire Labs. It's one of my favorite brands in pro, the probiotic space. But a good 25 billion organisms, living organisms a day, probiotic, is very good at helping their gut, helping their immune system, and their digestive system is their brain. So that's where most of their serotonin is made. That's where their immune system lives. So that just helps in every area. So daily probiotic would be my first recommendation. Can you tell if a probiotic is good, if it needs to be refrigerated or not? Is that kind of like a a thing to think about? It is, but... Um, there are shelf-stable organisms called mm-hmm. spore-based probiotics, mm-hmm. um, and and so those don't need to be refrigerated. So it can get a little confusing. Um, that's why a lot of times I shop brands because I trust the manufacturer um, rather than shopping necessarily labels um, and 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 shop shopping the shelf. So if it's a fermented organism, it'll usually say lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. That's refrigerated. If that's on a shelf, no bueno. Okay. Now, orth like a spore-based probiotic. Yeah. Um, bacillus coagulans is a common one. The bacillus species in general, those are shelf stable. That's fine. Awesome. And then probiotic. Okay. Next. Yeah. Yes, next two. Second one would be um, a, a fish oil. Our kids are chronically deficient in omega three fatty acids, and in particular DHA, which is the predominant omega-3 or fatty acid within the brain so it makes up a majority of the brain's cells it makes a majority um, of neurons cell membranes it allows the brain to be fluid in communication with each other it it protects the blood-brain barrier it reduces inflammation within the brain it helps with ADD ADHD anxiety depression the list goes on you talk about important right now you got it I have seen miraculous changes in, in autistic spectrum disorders with just DHA, high potency omega-3 fatty acid, in particular DHA. 
And wow. when you look at an omega-3, most of them are high EPA, um, which is the predominant uh, omega-3, but DHA is more important for kids. So my recommendation is about 2,000 milligrams of DHA in school-age children daily. Now, most babies are getting it from mom. There's a lot of DHA in breast milk. Um, but if your baby or infant isn't breastfeeding or they're, you know, let's just say 12, 18 months and they have stopped breastfeeding, it's very important that you do start supplementing with DHA in their diet even as early as 12 or 18 months. Um, so DHA specific, if you're, if you're not, you know, Knoxville area, can't swing by my place and, and, and grab a DHA from Apex Energetics. Um, Nordic Naturals is a common brand. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah, it's a common brand that people can grab. A, they make chewable DHA soft gels. That's pretty clean. But we want to try to get to about 2,000 milligrams of DHA daily for school-age children. The supplements that are marketed to kids, chewables, you know, the ones that are on the shelves that you see at the big box stores, are they are kids getting anything from those? Mostly not. I no. mean, what are they filled with? Yeah, that's that's a good question. They're filled. They, they are they're a bunch of fillers, um, and also you know, potency, bioavailability. There's so much science in supplements that it's a billion dollar industry for a reason. People are just trying to make money, um, and so a lot of times you're just wasting your money with. And doing really more harm than good a lot of times when they eat those Flintstone vitamins and, you know, take take whatever from, again, Target, Walgreens, Walmart. And the same for you, you know, as an adult. We, we, we buy into, hey, this one's cheaper, this one's less expensive. But when it comes to supplements, you're going to have to pay out of pocket a little bit. And so I would rather you spend more money on one product than buy four products and those four really do nothing you know what I mean? Just yeah, spend a higher cost for yeah. one. So I would say Provox, DHA, Omegas are my first two. Okay. Third one? Th- uh, third one, best bang for your buck is probably just a good multivitamin. Okay. You know, I, I, I think... Not the Flintstones one. Yeah, that's right. And and that's where, again, most, most people go to is uh, they feel like, hey, my kids probably need some nutrition because they don't eat enough plants and veggies. Um, they don't eat enough fruits. They're not getting their antioxidants, their B vitamins. So I do think a multivitamin is important, a multivitamin mineral um, complex. But again, it gets really iffy here because most of them are are really um, poorly made. So when out in the store, what you should probably look for is something that's more of like what we would call a whole food-based multivitamin for kids. A lot of times those are found in liquid formats. Um, so I would say something like that would be great. Uh, we have one in, in, in our in our store, um, in our shop that we give. It's a chewable multivitamin. But I would say, yeah, a, a multivitamin mineral complex is going to be very important for kids as well because of how nutritionally deficient we are, not just because we aren't feeding our children the right foods, but even if we are, the foods today are about 60% less nutrient dense than those in the 1980s. Oh, so, yeah. you know, if we go back, you know, 30, 40 years, we're, we're, we're majorly deficient. Our soil is majorly deficient in these micronutrients. So many topics I'm thinking in my head that we should talk about on future episodes, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the, the soil. Din- oh, yeah, for the sure. Nutrient density. Yeah. So those would be my top three. three. Cool. DHA, probiotic, and a multivitamin. Top uh, number three. One nutrition change 
that parents can implement in 2022? I think everyone knows that they need to probably reduce sugar, you know. Uh, so I don't even want to talk about that because you already know about that. I think we've said sugar on all the episodes so far, even so for let, adults. So let's give you something that's really practical, right? So I would say increase your child's protein content. I think I think we're very protein deficient as a population for children. We feed them Lunchables and lunch meats that are high nitric, nitrates and nitrites. Um, they're not getting a lot of protein. They're eating a bunch of carbohydrates, sugar, and, and really bad fats. And so when we actually look at how much protein these kids are consuming, it's very minimal. But you got to remember, protein is broken down to amino acids. Amino acids are necessary for detoxification. They're necessary for serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, hormones for the brain. They're necessary for musculoskeletal growth. They're, they're necessary for ligaments and, and, and tendons. And so it's so important that we consume enough protein for building blocks of virtually everything within our body, yet our kids are so compromised when, when, it, when we look at how much protein we're actually consuming. How can we help parents get their kids more protein? What are some sources? Yeah, so obviously one of the best sources of protein because it, it has a nice fat added to it is gonna be eggs. Um, eggs are just such a powerhouse food. You know, you're getting phosphatidylcholine. That choline is so good for their brain within that yolk. It's so good for their brain. It's a great way to start the day. So eggs, grass-fed beef um, is such a powerful tool at helping not only their brains, but getting that uh, adequate protein. We do this um, wild smoked salmon, and we just literally give them strips of this smoked salmon. Um, a lot of times, instead of like lunch meat, what we'll do is we'll just grill a bunch of you know chicken for the week, and we'll just cut that up cold, and we'll give our kids that in, in lieu of a lunchable. And so we'll pack them just straight up protein. Um, we'll cook a bunch of burgers, and the next day we'll just give them a burger patty, you know, for for lunch. Like that's they don't need a bun. You know, they can just eat a burger patty. It's it's funny. A modern neighbor came over to have have have, uh, have dinner with us, and we, we just set out all the plates, and they had burgers, and our kids usually get two burger patties. Um, and I think the neighbor was just looking at his plate for a second like, where's my bun, dude? <laughs> so anyway, I think... Um, That's awesome. And then... <clears throat> and then nighttime, right, just clean sources of, of protein, mainly comes from grass-fed red, red meat and fish. Wild-caught fish are, are usually your best sources of meat in, in kids. Um, you know, white meat, like from chicken and turkey, just really don't give you much bang for your buck. It is protein, but it's not going to give you a bunch of micronutrients with it. You know, what's interesting is going back in my life and probably a lot of people's lives, you think about school lunches, in activities and sports, I used to be so tired at the end of a school day. And then you kind of think about what you ate in the morning leading up to school, what you ate at school, and you're like, well, I couldn't figure out why I was so tired. And then as as you learn more, it's like, well, I wasn't getting any protein, or I wasn't I wasn't getting any nutrition. Sometimes I'm like, I I, I honestly sometimes I'm like, how do some kids survive? With, without some nutrition. It's amazing how much how much grace is in their body. But then we got to look at it, and that's why we're so sick as a population at such an early age now. So That's good. I'm still enjoying this coffee. Yeah, come on. If you, can, if you hear us drinking on it. Number four, screen time. This is big. 
It is big. <clears throat> Again, it goes back to screen time increases cortisol. Cortisol shrinks the brain. You want to you want to grow out your kid's brain? Put them on electronics for a long period of time. That's just truth. Okay. So we do need to limit, not necessarily eliminate, but think about how much screen time they're already getting at at school now that iPads and uh, notebooks are now um, are are now in our in our daily learning. But see, and that's the okay. So. I- you hear, well, that's what they're going to grow up on, Doctor B. Like, we got to get used to it. So, how do you? What's what's your argument to that? And that's just me thinking out loud because that's that is that's out there now. It's like, well, this is the future. So they need to get used to using this stuff if they're going to be productive. So I think the the difference between putting a kindergarten and putting a twelfth grader is 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 huge. Okay, early on, the kids' brains are developing. They're establishing neural pathways. They're establishing um, really their, their brains for the future. So what you can do for a kindergartner versus a twelfth grader is is significantly different, in my opinion. So we can't we can't compare our first grader to our tenth grader, and so for that reason, um, as we age, we have a little bit better tolerance of EMFs and blue light, right? And it's not all bad. So the big thing is uh, limit more when they're early versus later on in school years. Um, I, I suggest really the school age children, K through five, we're, we're, you know, we really want to limit less than an hour a day. And then you're like, well, my kids, we only do 30 minutes. Hey, applause, standing applause, okay? But <laughs> most kids just aren't that way, okay? So just practically, let's just limit an hour a day. Um, I think I think if you're under that, you're you're doing really well comparatively to our to our general po- population. And so what we really kind of talk about with our kids is, hey, how much did you read today? If you if you read an hour, then then you can have a you can have an hour's worth of screen time today. That's good. So we trade off reading for screen time, um, and uh, and so they pretty much earn their screen time through through books. And I think we're getting a good balance there. I. I I, I do agree it is in our society, it's everywhere. But for us, we, we almost, it's kind of like a reward in a sense um, that we're, they're earning their screen time through a healthy lifestyle. And it goes back to sleep. The kids will follow what you do. If you're reading, they'll probably read. That's right. And remember, too, that screen time is always better earlier on in the day because that blue light helps set their cortisol levels and their circadian rhythm. Blue light isn't bad, so we shouldn't be blocking blue light in the morning. We should be getting blue light in the morning. That wakes us up. That sets our circadian rhythm. But at, at, at after about 5 o'clock, man, there should be really no screen time for these kids. Right now, we've, ta- we've covered four. Sleep, top three supplements, nutrition, and screen time. Any other tips? What's the fifth tips for kids? Yeah, uh, like a biohack? Biohack. There you go. What's a bio? You know, I guess people... Right now, we just to set the scene, we have Dr. B with a hat B necklace on right now. They, if you listen to the bonus episode, um, I've, in my office, I didn't bring it out here. I've got a red light. I got some grounding mats. And then I think we should just make it a, a, a whole biohacking room where we record and just have all the biohacking things when we do this. But oh, kids absolutely. can do it. Like, what, what can kids do? Uh, let's keep it simple. Kids should walk barefoot in the grass more often. So... When they, when they get home from school, uh, kick, take their shoes off and let them run outside and play. Barefoot, 
It's great for sensory information in the brain. Kids should spend more time barefoot than in a shoe. So if I were to give you one just simple 2022 strategy, at the end of the year, you're not gonna quantify it, but at the end of the year, if your child was barefoot more than in a shoe, you win. Isn't that so simple? God, that's so simple. And if you actually just look, like we don't have time to go into all the science of it, we're just giving you practical information. But if you look at the science of how barefoot stimulation, um, just walking around barefoot is so good for the brain, it's so good for the mechanics of the feet, the knees, the hips, the spine. It's so good from a, if they're on the actual planet Earth, ground, then it's so good for their brains and calming their nervous system down and the whole grounding concept of that specific Earth's frequency. It just does so much for their immune system and their nervous system. It would be a no-brainer. I've heard you say this before. i got to ask before we wrap up the show. Playing in the dirt. Why should kids play in the dirt? Uh, really, or is that the right way I said that? Yeah, so you, you nailed it. Um, mainly from an organism standpoint, they're exposing their body to beneficial bacteria uh, that's, in, that's in the dirt. That's going to help, and that's what we call those spore-based or there's soil-based organisms. So that's really where uh, they're getting that from. Now, I wouldn't, I would not recommend them playing in the Roundup sprayed yard. <laughs> okay, that's leukemia and lymphoma. They should be playing in wild dirt. Yeah. <laughs> disclaimer on that one. It's unfortunate that we have to make that disclaimer. Yeah. I mean, if, I can't believe Roundup still exists. Mm-hmm. But it we, does. we probably could do an episode on like. The, the pest control people that come around your house and spray and whatnot and what to look out for and what because that stuff is probably pretty toxic too very for your kids. toxic very very toxic if you look at what's actually you know why we ask the question why does a 10 year old kid get lymphoma there's reasons for it mm. so these are questions that have answers it's not just because we throw up our hands and say I don't know we do know there is research there is yeah. evidence to support it the top five things, I guess we could say, to, to raise kids in the 2022. Dr. Barrett, this has been awesome. Sleep, the top three supplements, nutrition, more protein, limit screen time, and then some kid biohacks. Some of the stuff that we talked about on the podcast today, I'll link in the show notes. If you have not listened to the first episode of 2022, make sure you go back and listen to that. We are, we are paving the way for 2022, having a wonderful healthy year we thank you so much for everything we look forward to the next episode dr barrett thanks for the coffee you got it man see you next time yes sir before you hit x hold on one second hey thanks so much for listening to the podcast today with dr b two things that would really help the real health podcast movement one share it on your social media your facebook your instagram wherever you're on a social network and two if you go to apple podcast and you scroll down, give us a five-star rating, and give us a review. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you next episode.